Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds episode 397. Rock and roll. Back. Back from the holiday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't but, know why. But, I you know, like... we don't leave people hang high and dry. We still dropped an episode last you week. You got a little taste something. You got a little holiday taste. They sure did. Here, Mike Young and I talk about our hoodlum years as uh, in the University of Arizona. While eating your turkey. <laughs> While eating your turkey. Or I went to a vegan Thanksgiving. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, my friend Marsha put it together. She's also the one that did my website. You might know her as Sparky Pop on the internet, and then she had karaoke. Um, did you actually make like one of those like tofu shaped turkeys, where it's, uh, or was it actually no. just tofu? N- <laughs> well, there is like a tofurkey. There is a tofurkey that is yeah. a brand, and it's not. They don't shape it like a turkey, like some sort of psycho. If you you're such a meat eater, you're thinking. If you're not, if you don't want to eat meat, you don't want to eat something in the shape of meat. Right. <laughs> so you're not like you're sort of against the whole thing, Chris. You're, you're not like, boy, I wish this looked like a turkey's yeah. face. So there's not toe piggy. No, there's not toe piggy, Chris. There's not toe bacon. There's yeah. not uh, toe, toe toe chicken. Toe toe chicken. Toe beef. Toe beef. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but um, you just ruined my Thanksgiving. You know. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> some good sides, was, I'm sure. Really there were some good, good sides. sides. Well, that's the thing. As a vegetarian, usually Thanksgiving for me is just a day of sides. Right. So I went to my friend Marsha's house. It's so great. She all vegan. So I think there might have been like one meat eater there, and they were just like, "Oh boy!" And I just wanted to be like, "Yeah, now how's it feel, motherfucker?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take it. Take it. <laughs> and then we sang karaoke, and it was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was I had a and I saw one of the movies we're going to talk about today. Oh, fantastic. Day. Could that have been Justice League, Ugh. possibly? Yeah. Highlight of my day, though? Yeah. Surfing in the morning. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the vegan and the vegan mm-hmm. meal. Yep. That's, the ocean doesn't close on Thanksgiving. No, no. And it doesn't put together a stupid movie with a bad plot. Anyway, yeah. uh, before <laughs> we get into that, <laughs> not yet, <laughs> uh, before we get into that, um, Let's introduce our first time guest. Well, let's let's introduce our before I was going to introduce our first time guest. I wanted to say, guys, so the Patreon is sort of leveled off, which is not a necessarily a horrifying thing. But Chris and I were wondering, is there something on the Patreon that you like? Hey, if you guys offered this tier, I would jump, totally jump on. Totally or, jump in. Is there something mm-hmm. we haven't done that you would like, or that? You're like, ah, that one tier doesn't really, I don't really get it or not. I if only you had this, you would be getting my money. Yes. That's, that's is what there, we want to know. Is there that? So if, mm-hmm. you, if you have a thing like that, please email us, you know, info at comedyfilmnerds.com or mm-hmm. post it on the Facebook page or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, so, well, let us know. We, we value the feedback. We yeah. want to know. Um, and uh, let's introduce our first time guest. He is mentioned a lot on this show because he is and a lot of the other shows as a well. Lot of the here other at shows ATC. he gets a lot because he's the social media guy here at ATC. He's also a comic um, who uh, is over at the comedy store a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, Brenton Bettelcole. Hey, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> Smooth voice, man. Way to slide in. I like it. How long have you been working here for ATC? Uh. It's been about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how do you I, like it so far? I love it. Um, <laughs> the last few months, though, like the changes that they're making, everything's kind of happening very quickly. Give us the inside scoop. What's uh, what what's the biggest? About? What's the biggest change that's coming? Well, we're having a brand new see. studio in a few <gasps> weeks. That's mm-hmm. going to be exciting. Fancy pants. Um, we just launched our new website, so we have a bunch of original content coming out: sketches, videos. Uh, we shot a pilot. Um, we shot a comedy special. So. That's the goal too. I, I, that was a long-term goal. I remember, you know, at the beginning of the year when I, I was even a year ago talking to Al about moving into this space, and then when when there was the ATC party, that sort of showed everybody what this space was, and the goal of the long-term goal of like producing original content and having a real solid web presence online, and 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 uh, with all this collection of all these comics. So it's cool to see that it's it's coming together. Yeah, it's definitely happening. And, you were working at the comedy store for a while, and now you're full time ATC. Is that? Uh, no, I'm still at both. Still at both. Oh, yeah, nice. I'm here, I'm here during the day and there at night. Oh wow! <laughs> Jesus, nice. I don't sleep anymore. Good for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> don't sleep. No. Sleeps for pussies. Um, all right. Let's talk about Justice League. Let's do it now. I I will say this about the movie. Uh, the expectations were so low on this, mm-hmm. and uh, I really felt like. 
do you know like when you have a computer program and it has to get an update and you get a progress bar? I really felt like Justice League was getting an update from Joss Whedon and the progress bar got to 50% and it crashed. <laughs> that's what it felt like with this movie. Because <laughs> you could totally tell, oh, that's a Joss Whedon scene. That's what he added. Like they're, they're the opening scene with Superman, like well, the kids looking on a smartphone, you know that wasn't a Zack Snyder scene. You know, that was clearly Joss Whedon trying to give these characters some actual character. And um, But here's the thing. You can't put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> At the end of the day, um, you know, a couple of reshoots are not going to fix what ultimately was a monumental problem with this film. And the fix was so clearly trying to make it a Marvel movie oh, that God. then, that then I, it, it, it lost its own identity in the process. It, I felt like I was watching an off-brand Marvel movie like at the film rack of the dollar store. That like, was halfway it, it done. It was just fucking yeah. unreal. I was just like, oh, wow, boy, if Marvel would have done that, it would have been so much better. Yeah. I, I will say this, though, because the other movies have been so bad, like Batman right. versus Superman and Superman. This one's better. Sure. It, this one's, you know, you could say, you know, comparatively speaking, this one's definitely the the best of of those, you know, two or three movies. If you put it next to Suicide Squad or Batman Superman, it's it's amazing. Or, or either Superman movie. Either Superman, it's amazing. If you put yeah. it next to Wonder Woman, you're like, Bleh. Yeah, it's not, not as good. Boy. So it's, and you can see like the Joss Whedon influence uh, because all his scenes <laughs> stick out <laughs> from the rest of the movie. And, um... So here's the thing. I really felt like this movie, like we we're talking about, you put it next to those other movies. It's okay. You know, it's 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 almost watchable, and and it has uh, <laughs> that should be yeah, that, yeah. that should be there. Yeah, almost like, watchable. Almost yeah, watchable. Yeah. Comedy film nerds. <laughs> so because the stuff that Joss Whedon added was so needed and so necessary that he he put this ship in the right direction. So what which makes me a little more excited for the movies to come like are they learning from these mistakes is Zack Snyder finally off the you know these movies can we go in a better direction like the way Wonder Woman did with each with each movie like you know you've got Aquaman coming up you've got all these uh different movies coming up you've got uh Gotham City Sirens you've got oh, Suicide Squad 2 which I am not looking forward to but there's some great great trivia with this movie too this is one of my favorite ones the first one extensive reshoots in London and Los Angeles in mid 2017 added a cost of approximately 25 million to the film's budget it's a 300 million dollar movie 25 million just in reshoots I mean you could make you know 25 independent movies just with those reshoots um, and Henry Cavill worked on the reshoots and MI6 Mission Impossible um, at the same time. He had to sport a mustache for his role in the latter project. However, Paramount refused to let the actor shave it off for the time he played Superman again. That meant that Cavill's facial hair had to be de- digitally removed in post-production. God, is that stupid. Yeah. So can you imagine you're you know, uh, a CG artist and you're like, wait, what do I have to do? That's my job. I have to remove Superman's mustache. Really? Really? So, uh, it's... It's a pretty sweet fuck you from the studios. Though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Kudos to Paramount. <laughs> yeah, kudos to Paramount. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all, all right. Yeah, we're going to make this even harder for you guys. We know it's already a mess. <laughs> so, Brent, what did you think of this movie? Um, I'm going to be in the... Very unpopular. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have let you go let me, first. Let me backtrack. So, I didn't grow up reading comic books. I'm seeing all these movies with a completely clean oh, okay. slate and no expectations. And mm. I'm always just like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Guys fighting in costumes, and I, I like it. I like really shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, so then so, so you so, weren't you weren't invested in any of the characters from the source material then? No, okay. not at all. And and I saw well, that helps enjoy them. Yeah, I saw <laughs> Batman versus Superman with my girlfriend, and she cried when Wonder Woman came on screen. So any movie with Wonder Woman, we're gonna go see, and oh, we're right. probably gonna like it. All right, well mm. that's an interesting point because I, I, I is it though. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to save this kid. You know what I mean? He comes on and says the movie's not bad, and his girlfriend cries. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, this show's going downhill right now. I got to pull it out of a tailspin. No, no, that's a no, that's a no. Honestly, Brent, no, that's a fair. That's a fair. Yeah, that's a fair thing because obviously we're coming into it all, all nerd heavy, all mm-hmm. wanting all of these things. So, 
with you know, characters that we grew up with reading. Reading, so. not only reading, like so invested in these characters and yes. reading them. And then certain movies like the Superman movies of our youth with Christopher Reeve, the, that first one is pretty amazing. Now there's some silliness in it. Right. That when that first came out and we were kids, it was, it was like, oh my god, unbelievable! Like the effects in this are amazing. Uh, the effects in it were yeah. amazing, um, and and all of that stuff. And then of course, the Nolan Batman's that we've talked about at great length on this show. Mm-hmm. So, if I came up, Brett, in the way you, if I had no like prior thing, I would. That's what I was what I was thinking when I was watching this movie. I was like, if I just was like, a, oh, I don't know, these are cool, I guess. I would have had fun watching that movie. So I'm like big brother to a kid, and we saw the movie. He loved it. He's ten right. years old. He loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, I was just like, oh Jesus. And the other side of that, though, like the Wonder Woman movie, I thought was so great. Right. That. If I had never seen the Wonder Woman movie, I think I would have watched this and gone, oh, this is cool, and oh, Wonder Woman's in it. Uh, it'd be better if they used her a little more. Having seen the Wonder Woman movie, I'm like, just get these other idiots out of here. Just let Gail Gadot fucking do her thing. Like, I, I don't want, you know, like. Well, I will say, the like, like I said, this one went in the right direction because, you know, with Joss Whedon's hand on it, you've got the characters going back in the right direction. Now, as someone who hadn't grown up reading them, you you probably didn't notice that as much, but if, no. in this movie, um, Superman had more dialogue than in the previous three films, which you know basically Zack Snyder made a mute for the most part. Uh, so, so this one where oh yeah, this is this is what Superman's supposed to be like. Now I remember this is this is exactly so. So you saw these uh, tonal shifts and also these character shifts in these characters, including from Batman, Superman. Even Aquaman. Now, Wonder Woman was the interesting exception because they got her right to begin with, mm-hmm. so there was nothing to shift. Mm-hmm. So, and she, if you notice, that Wonder Woman character was the same character as in her solo movie. Yeah. There, there was no difference. Yeah. Um, so, I really and felt part like, of that credit. I mean, obviously, it's in the writing and how they direct it, but yes. part of that is Gail Godot. Yes, when it, she really got that character down, mm-hmm. where some of these other people, like, I, I mean, you know, hipster Aquaman. I mean, just like quippy, Aquaman-y, hipster, long hair. I thought he was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Did you cry when he came out oh, of the yeah. water in yeah. Iceland or I whatever? I it was beautiful. Um, the, uh, so, you know, Aquaman's definitely been uh, retconned a number of times. Uh, but that, that didn't bother me as much because I felt like, um, you know, that's also there is some source material to back that up for mm-hmm. sure. Um but this is interesting. Uh, the movie was initially going to be <coughs> excuse me, split into two parts, Justice League Part 1 and Justice League Part 2, with an alleged singular continuing storyline. But by the time filming, the idea of the film in two parts seemed to have quietly gone away and is now rumored to be two self-contained movies with two related but separate plots. Well, you know, plots, of course, being a very uh, relative term. This one was, the plot was so thin on this movie it was like, well, why why are you even trying? Just put costume people fighting together, fighting a CG monster. Well, let me ask um, you this, Brenton. So now, so what what is your what is your take on, on like the Marvel movies when you've seen those, like the Avengers, and do you view those in the same like, wow, these are cool or fun, or do you see them as a little better than this, or do you is this are kind of all the same to you, or uh, it's it's kind of all the same, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely it, it's better dialogue in the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. The actions maybe a little better, mm-hmm. um, but I enjoy all of them. I haven't really seen a bad <laughs> superhero movie in the last ten years. Really? Yeah. Mm. I like all the X Men movies. Mm. Have you? Did you see Suicide Squad? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> you liked it. I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good effort. Yeah, <laughs> I would watch more if they made more. They're making another one. Yeah, I you're going to you get wonder your wish. how these movies make a billion dollars. Guys, yeah. <laughs> we exist. <laughs> We're real people. Fair enough. Um, now, I thought they did a good job with the Flash too, but here's the interesting thing: is you know, the Flash on TV, we already have a Flash, and um, there was a lot of similarities. <laughs> Um, so I think the they were like, okay, we're pulling from the comics, but we're also pulling from our other DC properties that are already on the air. I think I think first of all, I think it's weird that they don't 
that they make a different Flash than the TV show. I think that's weird. I think you should keep the universes consistent personally. Right. And secondly, they made this guy too much like the new Spider-Man, this really young kid. Right. I mean, Spider-Man's always sort of that way, mm -hmm. but the new Spider-Man that I really like, that um, we loved the Spider-Man movie, we loved him in Civil War, uh, I, I again. I just felt like I'm watching just a watered down version of Marvel Spider. Like they they went let make make Arrow or make Flash uh, like this new Spider Man. Well, I think the one place that did definitely fall flat is like you know Cyborg. I thought Cyborg was completely um, just either either I I don't even know what happened. Either underutilized, underdeveloped, or just not necessary to the Justice League because he's not originally one of the. Um, the members if you go back far enough like the line was based on the founding members from the new 52 origin story with the exception of green lantern during the silver age origin story martian manhunter was one of the founding members he was replaced with cyborg um in the new 52 version but cyborg ultimately was a uh, teen titan and on tv as one of the teen titans he's fantastic but really here i thought they were just trying to make him into like an Iron Man knockoff. Like it really yeah. felt like like it's like, well, you you just trying to make him Iron Man? Like it was it was weird, like with his powers and the way even the way he was shot flying, like it was like, Oh, well this is you're you're trying to make DC's Iron Man. Um and it just it, it just didn't work. So I think um it was one of the problems with his character just being completely underdeveloped. Like would have liked to have yeah. seen a little bit more uh going on with his backstory and with his character and with even with his dialogue but we never got we we never really got to know him the way we got to know the other mm -hmm. characters all right well let me Brent. let me ask you this so then what what are the other is there a certain type or genre of movie that you're super invested in that like you're far more critical of or is our movies just more just sort of like passive entertainment yeah, movies are I, I love movies it's not mm -hmm. passive um but i tend to like almost all movies i i just love going to the movies i especially get invested in a movie if it has a good score mm -hmm. so if the music's good which it is han zimmer did a great job with uh the scores to like batman versus superman and mm -hmm. and that makes a bad movie good to me ah oh so the score can uh uh, the score help you like definitely influences whether or not I like right. the movie. What are some of your What are some of your favorite scores? Oh, it's got to be Indiana Jones. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, anything John Williams. Right. Right. Um, but uh, like uh, the Social Network is one of my favorite movies just because Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross made that unbelievable score that won the Academy Award, and it, okay. it's so good. Um, you've got uh, uh, what was the Tom Cruise movie that? Uh, uh, it was a sci-fi film with Morgan Freeman, and he thinks he's an astronaut, and the planet's inhabited by aliens. Oblivion. 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 Thank you. So, oh, right. M83 did the score to that. It was a mediocre movie, but the music is so good mm -hmm. that you know, I like watching it. Right. So you're a music. You're a music score. Nerd. Technically, you like listening to it. Yeah, I like listening <laughs> to it. You liked listening to Oblivion. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic, though. I mean, that's a that's a that's a very. Uh, that's something that I, the music, I, if I notice it too, like I don't, it does, I'm not, I'm not looking for it or, or listening intently. And honestly, that. that's the mark of a good score if it's not intrusive, right. like if it helps create and uh, enhance the mood and tone of the film. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I, I don't notice them as much like, like they're, the, the scores I notice the most are the ones that are either really good or really bad, right. <laughs> like you know, like those the ones that stick out on either end, like like you say a John Williams score that yeah. is just almost a character into itself sometimes. Whereas if a score like somebody does a score and like it completely misses the tone of the film, that happens sometimes where the score just doesn't match the film. Um, but anywhere in the middle, I don't necessarily notice it as much because that means it was a good score. It mm -hmm. like it matched the tone and uh, feel of the film. But now this this is interesting. Uh, due to the running time backlash of past DC movies, Warner Brothers demanded a film under two hours without credits. The final running time for Justice League is 119 minutes, which I thank them for. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Uh, if I had to do that, if there was an extra 25 minutes tacked onto this thing, I would have been like, it's oh, such God. an arbitrary thing too, because if you have a great movie and there's great scenes and great set pieces and a great story. 
people forgive a longer runtime. Like, but if you have something that's just bloated and you know it's collapsing under its own weight, you're like, oh my god, another thirty minutes. It's like it can feel like another two hours. So uh, I really think this was actually a uh, a good move on mm-hmm. Warner Brothers' part mm-hmm. to tighten this movie up because I think it really needed it. Uh, because there honestly, there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of plot that needed to be explained. Uh, <laughs> you know, this CG bad guy's looking for three boxes now. Fight him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get it. We're gonna do a spoiler up, so we'll yeah. we'll get into more detail on on all of this. But um, all right, I can't. I can't. We'll get into more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all so. right. Just as a slight correction, Chris, you can put lipstick on a pig. I just don't recommend taking her to the prom. Oh, fair enough. I believe All that's right. how the, the phrase goes. <laughs> um, thank you, Aaron, for that <laughs> clarification. That was I'm sure we would have got numerous emails yeah. on that. Um, from the pig lobby. From the, <laughs> yeah. from the pig lobby. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm a vegetarian, guys. Yeah, yeah. we Get just it? got an email from Tofu Piggy. <laughs> Tofu Piggy. <laughs> There's you can CEO. put lipstick on a tofu pig. <laughs> you can. You can, actually. It's, it tastes great, as long as it's orga- organic, yeah. free-range lipstick that's biodegradable. Yeah. So um, so we want to talk about a movie you guys saw, Jim and Andy. <coughs> yeah. I, so this is the, the – there's this really interesting documentary on Netflix. Jim Carrey documented when he played Andy Kaufman in, in Man, Man on the, the Moon. Moon. Mm-hmm. And – Apparently, this footage was like locked in his office, and no one had seen it. For whatever the studio didn't want it to get out because yeah. it makes Jim Carrey look like such an asshole. Yeah, of raving. He got asshole. really deep into the character of Andy, and then even deeper into Tony Clifton, and he was treating people on set like shit and just abusing people, abusing, them. starting fights. Oh yeah, and and you can see like Judd Hirsch and these other actors, like oh god damn it, mm-hmm. like they were more mad with Jim Carrey than they were like remembering with Andy Kaufman. Uh-huh. So what they did is they put this together and then there's like footage that was shot, I'm guessing, in the last year of Jim Carrey today in his beard talking all existentially about this experience. <laughs> is that what happens to comedians when they age? They they grow giant beards? Yeah, the, giant gray beards. I don't know what the giant beard thing is, why that's like uh, when a... I don't know. Women cut their hair when they lose their shit. Guys grow beards. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't know what happens. But like, it's like Letterman's not going to be the only one. I'm doing it too. Yeah, we're all going to look like like fucking, hillbillies, right? Hillbillies. hillbillies. Like if if fucking Luke Skywalker's living on an on an island yeah. with a crazy Jedi beard, then I guess these old comics need to do that. Yeah. Um, so Jim Carrey is 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 talking about. He was in, you know, I was I, Andy Kaufman took me over and it's it's kind of spiritual and stuff. But I was really torn. And so, I mean, there's some really cool stuff in there, obviously, because mm. it goes back. Then there's there's you see. Does it have the footage of him being an asshole? On oh, set? that's the whole movie. Yeah. It's the whole movie. Oh, wow. It's those it's those images and people then like there's some like interviews with the cast from the 90s or whenever this was that 97, 97. Yeah. So it's been 20 years. Yeah. Um. And then it's sort of Jim Carrey today commenting on it. Oh, I was really torn. So, Brenton, what did you think overall about watching? Because when I saw him be an asshole, I was so torn between this like, oh, it's an artist and he's really like, he's really getting into the role. And then it's just fucking do your job. You know, just why are you going to be a dick? Just It's like that classic scene, that, that story from Marathon Man where Dustin Hoffman, as the story goes, this is like Hollywood folklore. He's playing the character in Marathon Man with with Sir Lawrence Olivier, and he's putting weights on, and he's trying to like feel the weight of the world. He's being all method actor, and Sir Lawrence Olivier goes, uh, "Mr. Hoffman, perhaps you might try acting." <laughs> so, so like I'm watching Jim Carrey go, "Do you need to be an asshole in the makeup trailer?" You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. What what did you think? Um, I I mean in most cases i would say just act you don't need to do that but since andy kaufman's a very special unique situation i love that he was starting fights with like lawler (laughs) and lawler actually injured him on the set of the movie and the scene where he was uh when they were reshooting letterman and he's supposed to just fake hit him right before they said action jim leans over and says really hit me just hit me really so he actually slaps him 
And I I thought that was great. Most of the time, it's like, no, just just act, just mm -hmm. do this. But because it was Kaufman, I love that he took it to the next level. And Kaufman's family was coming on set, and they were like, oh my God, he's, he's exactly Andy. That was the stuff wow. that was surreal, and that's that's where that's why I was torn because yeah. when when that stuff, that's when I was like, wow, I'm glad he did this. Well, there's a when, scene when Andy Kaufman's girlfriend is talking about, I can't tell the difference between the two of them. You know, Jim's just killing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it well, that's true. And like, there's a scene where Andy Kaufman's sister is like, I miss you, and 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 Jim Carrey is apologizing to her as Andy Kaufman. Like yeah. they're having this moment. Because the family, you know, because Andy was so crazy and out there and then he gets sick and they didn't even believe that he was sick. You know, I mean, there's those. And then the actors playing, like there's a scene where the, the, the actor that plays his dad comes into the makeup trailer when he's in the makeup, when Jim Carrey's in the makeup trailer as Andy Kaufman and he's Andy Kaufman in the makeup trailer. And the dad comes in and ha they kind of have this out. As Andy Kaufman and Andy Kaufman's dad, oh, they weird. had a real argument. They had a real argument. And the actor just came in as his dad and was like, Andy, I'm tired of this. And I, you know, I just wish you to appreciate. And then the makeup woman starts crying because, oh, my God, it reminded me of my that's how yeah. my dad like it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's a, wow. So that's when to me. I was like, yeah, this is more than just some wingnut actor like just fucking do your job that when it, stuff like that i was like that's amazing yeah because jim carrey doesn't do that on every film he didn't do that on the truman show no <laughs> but he created real <laughs> moments off camera that were as good if not better than the movie itself yeah and i think it's it's and, and according to jim he's like i was just you know jim or adam andy kaufman was channeling himself through me that's what mm -hmm. he believes and whether that's true or not, I mean, whatever. No, we'll never like. How can you prove or disprove that? So, um, but it was amazing, and these these moments did happen where you're just like, but here's one of the things. This is where I kind of was like, stop being a dick. So he's antagonizing Jerry Lawler on the set as Andy Kaufman, right? And Lawler eventually, at one point, just g grabs him and is mm -hmm. like, "I can do this anytime I want. I can come at." <laughs> but then they cut to Jerry Lawler going. You know, in real life, Andy and I were friendly. Right. We just staged all this yeah. shit. And that's when I was like, oh, Jim, you're kind of fucking, that's not cool. Like, you aren't being Andy Kaufman. Yeah, he you're, was tormenting You're tormenting Lawler. Jerry Lawler that you don't need to because in, in the real life, they were buddies and mm -hmm. they would just get together and hang out and talk and then be like, hey, I'll hit you. Let's get into the, like, they would stage the whole right. thing. So that's when I was like. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Andy Kaufman got so into professional wrestling you know, at one point, yeah. like it was, uh, you know, it was an obsession of his. Well, that's the cool thing too. They did it as far as just a documentary goes, man, is it well-made Yeah, mm -hmm. because they did a great job of, uh, the, not just the footage that Andy took, had a camera crew take on the set from 20 years ago, but then they intercut all this archival footage of Andy Kaufman yelling at Jerry Lawler, mm. you know, the actual Letterman footage. Mm -hmm. Like, so they intercut a lot of, so it was just like. Footage from Taxi, fat, stuff like yeah, that. All yeah, all that shit. Mm -hmm. And th that was really cool. And it also really added to the surrealness of the whole, like, who the fuck is who, right? Yeah. I mean, after a while, I'm, I was just watching the documentary going. Well, it sounds like this was an interesting documentary to the, um, to the point where it was like already shot, hidden away. And then it needed uh, a bunch of B-roll and some wraparounds. <laughs> no, no, that, Chris, you're absolutely right. All, what it needed, it needed somebody in present time going, explain, narrating it, mm -hmm. explaining what was going on and what the thinking was at the time. I mean, there's a great, there's a great thing in there where, so Milos Foreman. He directed Cuckoo's Nest. Like he's right. he's an amazing, and you see mm -hmm. him getting so frustrated with Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. and Jim Carrey tells this story where Milos called him up and 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 says, uh, "Jim, I just don't Andy," and and he had to like make <laughs> this amazing director kind of kowtow to Andy Kaufman and Tony Clifton, and he's like. Jim Carrey in present day describes this phone conversation from 20 years ago in the middle of shooting where Milos calls up and goes, you know, Jim, I, I just, 
Andy and Tony, because he couldn't say, stop, you, Jim, stop doing this. He had to refer to mm-hmm. them as Andy and Tony. And he goes, these guys, they drive me crazy. I don't know how to do it. They're crazy. You know? And Jim Carrey goes, well, Milos, we could fire those two guys. And then I could do an impression of Andy Kaufman and Tony Clifton. <laughs> and he says, there's a long pause. And Milos goes, no. I just wanted to talk to Jim. And so it's like, from an artist's point of view, he's like, I didn't want to just do mimicry or, or an impression or a two-dimensional mm-hmm. impression. What other industry would that conversation happen in? <laughs> <laughs> How ridiculous is that conversation? <laughs> it's like, a lot look, of law firms having this yeah, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> look. We're the we're the electricians and the plumbers. We yeah. need to build this house. Yeah. Can I, I talk do, to the? Can I yeah. talk to the? You know, a real electrician. I could do an impression of a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Now this really makes me want to see this movie. because it sounds it sounds like it's so surreal that like you're like I can't believe this is this actually happened. Well, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those documentaries that sort of brings you into this world that you weren't aware of or maybe kind of were aware of it and that's why it's a it's a great documentary and it shows you sort of the insanity of this world and i actually love that it came out 20 years after the movie because it kind of brings andy back to life yeah mm-hmm. if it had come out a year after you know that was andy's plan all along mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah that's the cool thing about it and, and, and i agree with that too it's it's a, anything that sort of keeps him Alive, yeah. Because the next generations, they don't know who he is. They didn't grow up watching Taxi. No, or but I mean, I grew up watching Jim Carrey. Right. I was mm-hmm. ten when Man on the Moon came out, so I wasn't aware of that movie until years later. Mm-hmm. And now, anyone who maybe missed it will go back and watch it. Right. right. Yeah, and then your anyone in your age or younger can go, can not just watch Man on the Moon, but then dig deep and oh, find yeah. Andy Kaufman mm-hmm. doing like his comedy special. That one special he did where he had the desk like 10 feet above that comedy special he ever did. Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Where he did this to Andy Kaufman and he, and he was mocking late night TV hosts who make their chair or their desk just a little bit taller than, the, mm-hmm. than their guests. So he's got a desk that's literally 10 feet above. <laughs> and he's talking to, I forget the actress's name that played um, Shirley in Laverne and Shirley. Uh, the, Cindy Williams. Cindy Williams. Cindy Williams. Yeah. And she's amazing. She's doing a great job because she's in on the joke, obviously. Mm-hmm. But she's trying to just like she's <laughs> looking up at this desk, going, "Oh yeah, well, you've got a really good project, you know." And it's just so ridiculous. It's like perfect Andy Kaufman, where he's just mocking everything that he wanted to mock, you right. know. So um, yeah, that's really cool. So check it out, Jim and so, Andy. You know, if you like uh, if you like Andy Kaufman, you like Jim Carrey, and you like beards. You like <laughs> you like beards, and if you're just like a good documentary about a some crazy shit, this mm-hmm. is like this yeah. is the, this is the best one for that. That sounds really cool. Uh, okay, and the next movie is Roman J. Israel Esquire. Now, before you tell me about this movie, I have to say, Graham, the first question I want to ask is, what was the story of this movie? Because when we were watching the trailers. They told two completely different stories and timelines. Like, what was the actual movie? Yes. <laughs> and that's the problem with this movie. And here's, a st- here's, a, here's some trivia that explains everything what I'm about to go into. Okay. So, after the premiere at the 2017 Toronto <laughs> International Film Festival, the director, Dan Gilroy, and Denzel Washington... decided to restructure and refocus parts of the narrative, which resulted in the removal of 12 minutes of footage. And the director said a very high-end test screening, and of course everyone was was happy with the final cut, Mm, which I I don't know what those 12 minutes were. Here's the problem with, first I'll say this, Denzel Washington doesn't, he's a fine actor. Right. And to watch Denzel who's usually plays the tough guy, the badass, the man in charge, to play this kind of awkwardly dude. I saw an interview with him. He researched Asperger's. Mm. So he's playing a guy, sort of a high-function Asperger's person. Right. um, Who just is 
brilliant. Like he's memorized all of the penal codes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's a scene in the where where he's in this law firm and they're just like, "Hey Roman, you know, twenty six nine point A," and he's like, "Oh, that's a failure to stop." You know, and like he reads it off, and it's right, like, right. "Wow!" So he's sort of a he's a savant in that sense. It's like a legal rain man. Yeah, he's a. <laughs> 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 That's what they should have renamed this movie. <laughs> Legal Rain Man. And then they go play blackjack and right. run a bunch of money. Uh, so there's 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 some great scenes. Um, and so the, the crux of the movie is he's this sort of lifelong activist. And he's worked for his – he's a partner in this law firm. And they sort of – because of, of – of his Asperger's, he says fucked up shit to people and like insults them when he doesn't realize it. So they always kind of kept him. He does the research in the office uh, and his partner litigates in court, right? Right. Because you can't put someone like that up in litigating no. in front of a jury. No, or a judge mm-hmm. or anything like mm-hmm. that. So his partner gets sick and is in the hospital. And so now he's got to go and he just can't help himself. Like he literally can't stop himself from. So and then so the dilemma and the thing that's in the trailer one of the one of the two trailers is this like there's this moral or ethical dilemma that he's confronted with and how he deals with that. Now that to me initially was like, oh, the second trailer that came out more focused on that. I yes. saw an interview with Denzel Washington where he was talking about the moral quandary. And I was like, Well, this mm-hmm. sounds really enticing to me. Somebody that's lived a pretty um moral and, and ethical life and has been a, been an activist like this Roman character is like he was an activist in the 70s and like he's you know helped win all these things and so that sounds intriguing to me but then the movie just goes all over the place and it's uneven and there's the fact that they had to cut 12 minutes, minutes out of this I would take more time out of this movie oh okay and then they just do stuff where they introduce things and then like they introduce this um the, the female character, and I want to I want to bring up um, her name because she's she's really fantastic, right? Um, Carmen uh, Ajogo, right? And she's an English actress, and she's been in you know, uh, she was in Selma, she was in one of the Purge movies, you know, she was an Alien, she's been in Fantastic Beasts, but this they introduce her. As this woman that runs this, like, for this non-for-profit, you know, fight the power group, and he's looking for work. Because that was in one of the trailers, too. Like, there was a, a rally that he was at. Yeah. Telling, uh, um, it was it was how uh, he was telling, how come, the, how come the men are sitting and then there's women standing? Yeah. So... There's that scene where he goes to speak to things. She kind of re- he walks in and just says, "I sh- I could help your company and do this and that." And they're just like, "Who's this crazy guy walking in off the street?" And then she does some research and goes, "Oh wow, he's been a part of the movement since like the '70s. Like this guy's the man." And then he does that thing. He said that where he's like, well, "How come the sisters are standing, the brother?" Right. And then that starts the thing. And and you know he totally puts his foot in his mouth and he doesn't get the younger generation. And there's this whole. It's very kind of awkward, but it's really helpful. It's a great character exposition scene. Even as you're describing it, I, the story is completely convoluted. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. And then after this, there's this moment with this this homeless guy in the street and how Roman reacts is so impressive to this woman. And you're like, oh, wow. Not, are, is something going to happen romantically? Maybe, but just this this relationship is going to get really flushed out, and she's a fine actress, and we're going to, nope, don't see her until <laughs> way later in the movie, and just shit like that. So it's so uneven. You know, he might get a nomination just because he's Denzel, and he does a great job. Right. But, man, it's so, I walked out of there going, boy, was this just missed the mark. And this 12 minutes shit tells me, oh, they, the question we had after watching two di- trailers show two totally different movies right. of, oh, does that mean that the movie's uneven? The answer is yes. Yeah. And, and, and that's its problem. If you want to see fine acting, some mm-hmm. acting scenes, I would recommend it for those reasons. But it could have been so much more. I just didn't know what it was. Like right. the ethical quant- – and then Colin Farrell, I, I just – and I saw this with a friend of mine and, you know, I was like, he's 
he's okay. He's just a good look. He's he's good looking. That's why he gets all these parts. You know what I mean? Like, he's not horrible. But but there's some scenes in there where he starts kind of wanting to be more ethical. He's this this big shark lawyer and wants to blah blah blah. And 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 Roman's partner, like, spoke at his law. Part of the firm, right? Yeah. Well, no, they his firm closes and then Roman gets hired by Colin Farrell's firm. I see. Okay. And you start to see Colin Farrell start to change, like. Maybe we should be more ethical and not just go for the money. And we should do more pro bono work and everything. Mm-hmm. But like a more skilled actor would have, we would have seen an arc versus there's just this guy with nice hair talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. So it, hmm. it's a bummer. That's a shame. Get the Blu-ray, watch all five versions a la Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, there's the director's cut, the editor's cut, the uh high end test screening yeah, cut. There's a lot of that. Yeah. So, you know. All right. That's it. So um we do have an ad. The, this is our Patreon ad, Frightfully Uninformed, a podcast that watches mostly classic horror movies to figure out horror movie fandom, frightfullyuninformed.com. At the $50 Patreon level, guys, you get red you get your URL read on every episode. And so it's a great way if you're a small business owner, you have an online business, as we're getting into the holidays, of getting your 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 name out there for, for pennies on the dollar. If you don't have a giant marketing bu- budget, we can definitely help with that. Actually, because this uh, is going to drop today, if you can get it in before the next Patreon charge, we'll be able to do it for December. If you get it in by the end of November, because what how Patreon works, so the first of every month, everybody's cards get charged. So if you pledge that month, whatever month you pledge, you won't, your rewards don't come into place until the first. Right. So get it done this week before December 1st, and then we'll start doing ad reads next week for you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some fun trailers out there. Oh my God. When I saw this trailer, this uh, bullet head, (laughs) first of all, uh, the- What in the fuck? The name of the movie, nothing to do with the trailer at all or the story or anything uh but also it's very rare it's one of those rare occasions that you see okay well clearly the producer was friends with someone (laughs) (laughs) because you got john malkovich adrian brody and antonio banderas (laughs) all in this movie i'm like Say those three names again. Yeah, yeah. Why would you? Why are the three of them ever in a movie? Now, Brenton, and not playing cards. Are you excited for this movie? It Just looked <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> now, the here's the question: the So, the the dog is the only thing that's stopping them from getting out, and none of them seem to have guns. Yet, they're robbing a place. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a it's a great trailer from start to finish. It li- every scene literally makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It literally like there's all these cliches. We're getting the drug, the gun running. And there's this, remember there's this scene that like, that's a lot of money. And we all went, it looks like about 25 <laughs> grand. Yeah, piles yeah. of 20s. Well, it's no, kinda, it's it wasn't what, even hundreds. What kind of job was that? <laughs> it's just like, wow, yeah. you guys made nine grand off the gig? And they're okay. hiding out from the police into this warehouse that has a killer dog A giant in killer dog. They all have guns. None of them can shoot this dog. Yeah. There's a bead of sweat that falls into Adrian Brody's piano. Yeah, so it falls off of Adrian Briota's tempo into a piano, and it, it bang, yeah. like it's just like it's a bead of sweat. They have the pianist hiding in a piano. Yeah, that oh, it's sense. great. That's the that's the Easter egg for uh, Adrian Brody's better films. I feel like the if you were to make a mockery of a bad movie, of like a cliche direct-to-video action movie. With a bunch of actors that doesn't make sense to have them in a lineup, if you this would be the sketch. Oh, I feel like this was um, a billionaire calling somebody's bluff. Like (laughs) this is this is what it felt like. A billionaire calling somebody's bluff. A person went, "Look, there's no way you're going to get Adrian Brody, John Malkovich, and Antonio Banderas in a movie unless you've got like fifty million dollars." And he goes, "All right, here it is." Yes. (laughs) The offers went out the next day. Yeah, exactly. I would have. They, they were sitting there like drinking or at their yacht yeah. club or yeah. whatever. You'll never. I want to put him in the movie. What's the script? I got something. It's a my kill- nephew yeah. wrote it about yeah, a killer yeah. dog and a loud piano that yeah. water makes it explode. Yeah. In an old piano factory. <laughs> piano factory that only has one door in or out. Yeah. And none of their guns work whenever right. they see a big dog. Yeah. All right, look, it's my stepson. I got to make his movie. <laughs> Keep his mother happy. 
Uh, oh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a <laughs> It feels like this shouldn't exist, and yet we just saw the trailer for it. I uh, Here's what I'm going to suggest with this movie. Mm-hmm. Now that Jamie Flam has the Hawthorne Theater, he raised the hundred grand on Kickstarter, <laughs> yes. which, thank you all, we promoted that on this yes. show. It's so cool. You guys showed up for it. You guys showed up for it. You're, you're helping a really cool, it's this awesome theater. If you live in L.A. or come visit L.A., it's cool. It was built in the 20s. There's it's it's the cool it's going to be one of the coolest things in LA for for performers. And one of the things we talked about early on was like we've been wanting to do a, a comedy film nerds live movie commentary. Basically where we we do MST3K. And, and Cine Family closed. Cine Family closed <laughs> and uh we don't have the money to buy it. Yes. So um <laughs> my proposal is when this movie comes out we do it at the Hawthorne Theater, and we just get that a couple comics like a on some mics idea. and just rail on this movie because it feels like we will laugh our asses off at one of the dumbest movies yes. ever made. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think that sounds like an excellent idea. And you know what the other thing this movie will have? A low license fee. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So um, now the next movie trailer we saw was uh, based on a uh, 16-bit video game uh, <laughs> called Rampage that I remember playing in the arcades. Now, fair warning, this movie deviates from the story of the no! game. No! <laughs> no! So they they didn't stick to the, the, the sacrosanct yeah, of an arcade no. video game yeah. storyline? It's ridiculous. I mean, the All way right. they just strayed. It's like, how are you going to keep the core Rampage fans happy? <laughs> You know, if you're going to stray so far from the winning formula. <laughs> the best part of watching this trailer was listening to you and Aaron ask each other, wait, was that from the game? Like, yeah, you're, the, yeah. you're the only two Rampage fans. Um, uh, but yeah. it stars The Rock. Yeah, you know what's what's funny about The Rock is that uh, no matter how bad the movie he's in, he never gets tainted by it. Like, no one's going to hold Rampage against him. No one's going to hold San Andreas against him. He's just too likable, mm-hmm. and he does so many other good movies. Like, he's literally the I'm shittiest. Sorry, what are the good movies? The uh, Fast and Furious. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, okay, funner to, are, more, right. more fun to watch, okay, I should say. Okay. More fun to watch. Okay. You know, you're right. You yeah. can't not, even in you the Jumanji like trailer, the rock. you go, oh, yeah. that's The Rock. It's easy. Yeah. I love The Rock. This movie will be horrible, but I love The Rock. Right. It's like, you know, you, you watch. Uh, for So... And that I, I think that is one of those weird things about him because he's so charismatic as an actor, and um, you just love watching him. And it doesn't matter like what he's in; you're just gonna watch him uh, and enjoy watching him, even if the movie itself may be completely unwatchable. Mm-hmm. Are you- so, so this movie <laughs> is one of those movies when it gets uh, you know announced. Uh, I I thought okay, well this is in development. There's no way this is ever going to get made. And then the trailer shows up. I'm like, oh my god, they actually made this movie. And Brenton, you and your girlfriend have already bought advance tickets oh, yeah. for this. Yes. <laughs> April twentieth, twenty eighteen. Were you a fan of the video we'll game? There. I you never, played, never played the video never played game. Video game? No. Yeah, you'd have to. Uh, it must be on like one well, of those. Well, first we should ask him. Do you know somewhere? what an arcade is? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's where the uh, they they built the Kmart's after the stuff closed down. Yeah. Right? that's correct. That's exactly that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Oh, rampage! I yeah. almost I almost got excited when the rock is standing over the thing that makes the the ape bigger, and I was like. Right. Is he going to spray the rock and he's going to be 20 feet tall? Oh, no, that would have been My great. favorite thing you know about what? that is, right, so there's this square that leaks this gas that makes the ape become massive, and rock just grabs it with a plastic bag around his hand, so that's, that's all you need to stop some sort of radioactive thing. I yeah, love that he's, he's this animal activist, and he loves the, the gorilla in the movie, and that's his friend, but then he has no problem firing a grenade launcher at the wolf. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> he's screaming, no, they're going to kill the gorilla. That's my friend. He didn't ask for this, and the, the wolf didn't ask for it either. But yeah, sorry, yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> wolves aren't as cuddly. Yeah, here's your suck yep. on this wolf. Yep, and uh, as Aaron and I pointed out, too, uh, the third monster was actually more of a lizard. But, more of a uh, lizard, yeah. Yeah, they made it an alligator in the movie. So Crocodile, specifically. Yeah, gra- you got to keep it realistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So already the Rampage fans, I'm sure, are furious oh, on the internet. I'm sure the <laughs> chat rooms are yeah. See the, blowing up yeah. with <laughs> Rampage fans' rage. It over. looks fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's from the people that brought you San Andreas, Brenton. So I also could, enjoyed San Andreas. Of course San Andreas did. with monsters. So, you know, it's, this is a movie you see after you've already seen Pacific Rim 2. 
So, Whoa. Um, so you know, like, okay, well, you know, I, I'm not getting enough monsters destroying cities. I'll have to watch Rampage now. Yep. Hey, so. put on that Smashing Pumpkins score. Right? Despite <laughs> <laughs> all my rage, I'm still just ready to game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't hurt my friend George. Yeah. Yeah, the, the ape's name is George, by the way. What are you doing with my friend? You know what, what I like the about Rock's name's Lenny in the movie? Oh, that would be <laughs> great. <laughs> that would be fantastic. You know what I love about The Rock? It, it doesn't matter what he's playing, he's still in the same amount of shape that he's always in, Ever. despite yes, exactly. his profession. Yep. Any Which job is fantastic. he is, he's the, he's the most ripped dude of whatever yeah. profession. Like, I just want to go, so you're like a... A zoologist, yeah, and you have the sixty hours a week to work right. out <laughs> and keep that physique yeah. and be a zoologist. Yeah. Okay, and you're just—it's just all supplements and protein powder over at the zoo, right? Yeah, all right. So you work you're out eating with the every gorillas. thirty-five minutes. You're eating yes. every thirty-five minutes just raw spirulina <laughs> yeah. protein and wrestling with tigers. And wrestling with yeah. tigers while taking aminos. Got it. I'll recommend a uh, a little known family rock movie that was actually much funnier than it had any uh, uh, right to be was the Tooth Fairy. When he yeah. becomes the Tooth Fairy, it was yeah. actually really funny. It had him, uh, Stephen Merchant, in it uh, from The Office, and um, and extras. It was uh, Ricky Gervais's uh, partner. So one of the things, and Billy Crystal is in it as like another tooth fairy who's like the Q who gives them all their equipment and he goes to the rock God, you have the eyes of a shark only deader (laughs) (laughs) but there's like a lot of lines like that that are like, oh my god, somebody actually cared to make this movie funny Um, he also has done a lot of I mean, he's, uh, another reason I like the rock, and this is a documentary I think I talked about but he's been involved he did this documentary about a um like a first offender boot camp program in Florida mm-hmm. uh, for like young guys that get busted, and it's like they have a shot if they complete this boot camp, they don't have to serve. It's like a twelve week boot camp or two years in jail. Right. And he's he helped produce the movie to show this boot camp, and he's in the sort of the beginning of it. So like I, you know, he he's one of those guys is hard not to like because he's a good right. dude apparently, mm-hmm. and and uh, um, you know. Unless we get some report next week, yeah, that says otherwise. <laughs> yeah, when he first started getting into movies too, it was a little rocky. Like you know, you have like Scorpion King, mm, right? Yeah, but uh, he, I think he really found his uh, his he, footing. He's like Jason Statham. He's yeah. just like, all right, I'll just be this dude every time, and that's great. Yeah, and he's you know a guy that can pull off action and comedy. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and do them both really well. Where he's just he just lights up the screen. Yeah. So, All right. You know, he's even really good in uh, Moana as right. uh, as Maui, just as a voice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's always fun to watch. You know, that, if that movie didn't have The Rock in it, that that was one of the, like, well, there's no way anyone's ever going to be. Well, yeah, I would be yeah. like, yeah. if yeah. I saw a trailer, I'd be like, what, where's The Rock? Yeah. How come The Rock's yeah. in yeah. <laughs> So... All right, on DVD and Blu-ray, actually only one coming out this week, uh, Logan Lucky. Now, this is the movie that felt like it was going to be a Coen Brothers movie. It was not not that great of a heist movie. A uh, uh, lot of credit to the trailer editor. The trailer editor mm-hmm. made this movie look like I. it was one of those, oh, I can't wait to see this movie. You were it's excited be, to I was. See it. I was like, this is going to be a quirky, fun Coen Brothers heist movie. And it was like, oh, all the jokes were kind of in the trailer. And I, I think the, I wanted to see it because we watched the trailer in here one week. Yeah. And then the reviews came out, and I decided against it because it was like – under 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it deserved it. <laughs> so, yeah. again, uh, kudos to the trailer editor. <laughs> so, um, and the site spotlight and uh, the fan feedback, we already talked about the uh, Patreon feedback. We'd like that from you guys. Uh, but there's also some uh, new reviews on the site. In fact, one of them is a movie that's coming out this week. CJ did The Disaster Artist. You could check out an early review on the site as well as uh, Jackie Cation had a different take on murder on the Orient Express. Oh. She is a fan and uh, enjoyed it and also is looking forward to the sequel. So you what? can uh, well, you that. can see a, a differing uh, perspective on murder on the Orient Express. That's cool. And the disaster artist actually, um, Rosie Tran, who was on the show a couple years ago, emailed me 
several weeks ago and said, can, can I do a disaster artist spoiler app? I really want to. So, yeah. so we're going <laughs> to do a disaster artist spoiler app. Okay, sounds good. So I'm excited to see that just because um, if you've lived in L.A., for you, any amount of time. You've, you've seen, seen the billboard. You've seen the billboard and then seeing the story and then, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I was in, This is the movie. I was uh, in acting school with James Franco for a while, so mm-hmm. I, I just want to see what. This is the movie, for those of you that don't know, it was, it was called The Room, and there was a billboard up on, I think it was. Highland. Highland that was up there like forever. And that became a cult. The movie's like yes. so bad. Now it's like a midnight screening. Right. Rocky Horror Picture Shows type thing where mm-hmm. people show up and yell out the lines and it'll get a re-release after this movie comes oh, out I for know. sure. It'll be fantastic because people are going to seek it out. I'm like, well, now I have to see this movie. You got to see the real one. Yeah. You have not seen the room yet. Oh, it's it's. But I know everything about it yeah. without yeah. Having seen <laughs> without having seen it. You know, it's like the, there's make there's lines that make no sense. It's just madness. And so now we're going to see how this how was it got made. put together. <laughs> so the guy actually saw it. He, he told uh, James Franco that he approved. Of the uh, of the movie, what is he gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Be critical. <laughs> if it wasn't for this, like no one would know who this guy is. Right. He, 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 and he's probably yeah. <laughs> fucking out of his gourd or whatever. Who gives it? Oh, yeah. Look, look, look what is happening for his career. Like he's gonna start getting hired. Yeah. Yeah, people are be like, oh, what's your next script? What's your- <laughs> Someone's gonna give him a film yeah. deal. He are might you get ra- kidding He me? might get Rampage too. He's gonna, he's gonna make another movie, and yeah. we're all gonna eagerly await it. Yes. And if it's even remotely okay, we'll be bummed. You're right. Yeah, it has to be again another disaster. <laughs> it has to be a complete implosion. <laughs> so, and the next movie is a Woody Allen movie, Wonder Wheel, about a uh, Ferris wheel operator, uh, and his. Uh, you know what's weird? And it's a strange relationship with his spouse. So yeah, um, that's a weird thing to put in a Woody right. Allen movie. After all, everything that's coming out, we're really still mm-hmm. giving. All right. No, he's still making movies. Yeah. Um, so is Mel Gibson. Yep. But we have to have a Kickstarter to do another yeah. film. <laughs> so I think he's still making. Isn't, he, isn't Woody Allen still making like one movie a year or something like that? Yep. This movie has a twenty-five million dollar budget. So now, was this one of? I wonder if this was part of his Amazon deal, or was that for a show? I don't know. I don't think. No, this is Amazon Studios. Yeah. Okay. That they they produced it, so it's part of his deal, is my guess. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how this movie's going to be. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, his movies are pretty much hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but who's the young girl in it? Uh, there's there's got to be one. Uh, well, Kate. Let's see. <laughs> Well, Kate Winslet's in it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to see it. No? <laughs> I'm not the Wonder Wheel? <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> nope. I'll just find one of these Oscar movies that's got a limited release in L.A. and New York, right. and I'll, that's what I'll watch. I think my favorite film of his, the most recent film, was probably, was it Blue Jasmine, the one with Kate Blanchett? Yeah. I thought that one was really good. It was good. Yeah. Um, all right. And that is it. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Three ninety seven. Lock it down. Mm-hmm. Store it up. Uh, Brenton, you got any shows or anything? People what do you got coming out? up? What Brenton? do you got cooking there? Uh, God damn I'll it! Be at the Comedy Store in Hollywood this weekend, and I'll be at the La Jolla Comedy Store with Burt Kreischer next weekend, Thursday, nice. Friday, Saturday. Um, and follow All Things Comedy on everything. And what is your uh, Twitter handle? Since I seem to follow your brother and not you. At B.B. Combs. <laughs> at B.B. Combs. Yeah, not William Biddlecomb, at B.B. Combs. Because I, I, we you were performing at the ATC Festival in Phoenix, and I took a photo of you, and I put it on Twitter. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm re- you're always social media. I'm like, I'm repaying the favor. And then later you're like, yeah, that was my brother's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he retweets everything I put up from any of the accounts I run, mm-hmm. which is really nice. That's but, cool. But people get confused, and they think that it's me. Retweeting uh, myself. I was just like, oh, maybe Williams is like it's William Brenton Biddlecombe, and he just went with William right. <laughs> or went with Brenton. Maybe it's a stage name. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, there's enough Williams out there. How, there's a lot uh, of Brentons. How far apart in age are you and your brother? Uh, about two years. Oh, you're close then. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, I also will follow Brenton's brother <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Follow if Brent's you want to know what I'm doing, yeah. follow my brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He will tell you. Um, I don't know if my brother's on Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but so I will be a panelist on the Jimmy Dore show live December 4th at Flappers Comedy Club. Get your tickets to that quickly because that always sells out. Mm -hmm. And also, I can announce this now. I am uh, directing, producing, and emceeing uh, this stand-up comedy show on FNX. It's the First Nation Experience. It's on about 20-some PBS channels around the country. Uh, if you have PBS, you probably get this. And we're doing a stand-up comedy show. We are, we're shooting our first one December 17th at uh, San Bernardino Valley College, the theater on campus there. I will be, as soon as I get a ticket link up, it will be on GrahamElwood.com, but um, we're going to shoot 13 episodes. The first one is December 17th. How much are tickets? Tickets are $15, $10 if you're a student. If you have any student ID, the tickets are only $10. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like an, it, it's be like four or five acts, and then we're going to start, we take a month off, and then we start shooting January 14th every Sunday for about 10 weeks in a row. So that'll all be um, at uh, GrahamElwood.com. But s stay tuned for December 17th because we need a lot of people to fill this theater to make this show look cool. And the show will come out in the spring. You're supporting a lot of Native American comics and and comics um, of all different types of ethnicities. And uh, there's going to be some comics maybe you've never heard of before that I'm putting out there. This first show's got Jim Rule, Mark Yaffe, um, uh, Leah Mansfield and uh, a couple other comics. So check that out. Sounds great. December seventeenth. It's cool. It's it's. I'm so pumped. It's this big directing gig, and it's it's going to be a really cool thing. And you're going to be helping support, um, you know, the a very very underserved portion of, right. of America is is Native Americans. And so uh, this channel's pretty new. It's only about six years old. And they're the my friend Micah Wright, who's been on this show, mm -hmm. uh, is the head of um, like production. He took the job over about six, seven months ago, so he's doing a lot of really cool, interesting stuff. And you you know you don't have to be native to watch it or enjoy it and right. come out. So it's, it'll be really cool. So check that out, December seventeenth. Oh, really cool. Anything else for us to and, announce? Um, Auto oh, oh, the store. The store. Yeah, it's check Christmas out the store. season, it's Christmas guys. Season. Check it out. There's a lot. Uh, like we said, Earbuds is now uh, available again at the store for downloads and for signed DVDs. Make great Christmas presents. Also, the Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies. We have, I know we have a lot of new fans, too, that uh, a couple people have said, oh, yeah, I, I've got the DVD, but I never got the book. So uh, the book is available. We will sign that for you as well. So you can check that out, the Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies. One of the things we say, a great way to support this, everything we're doing here, guys, is just spend $20 on our site once a year. Mm -hmm. So even if you're like, well, I have all your stuff, buy some presents for family, like do some of your yep. Christmas shopping with us. Or if you just want to do a, um, a donation. Jeff Bezos doesn't really need your money. No, he doesn't. He's, he's doing all right. He's doing okay. <laughs> he's doing okay, I think. Yeah. I think he's going to eke out a little profit this quarter. Yeah, despite um, despite paying for Woody Allen movies. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the other thing people have asked, too, just so you know, if you just want to give a donation, uh, we have a, a donation tiers on the site in the cart. You could do like 25 or you could do a custom donation. You know, if you just want to give five bucks or whatever, uh, you can do that through the shopping cart as well. Some of you have said, you know, guys, I don't want to use Patreon or PayPal or anything online. Can, can, where can I? Some have asked. Where can I send money? So if you just make a checkout to Comedy Film Nerds, LLC, and send it to P.O. Box 5069, Santa Monica, California, 90409, we'll take whatever you want to give us. Yes. Yeah. If you don't want to, if you want to stay off the grid. Stay off the grid. I did this for Political <laughs> Vigilante, and I've got some envelopes with just cash in them and no return address. <laughs> <laughs> A little yeah. an, it feels a little anthraxy, but you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. off the grid liberals, <laughs> yeah, off the grid liberal <laughs> progressives who some have sent me, and that's funny because then a couple people sent me like money orders, <laughs> like, whatever makes you comfortable, yeah. <laughs> and however you want to support the show, we will take we it. We will take it, yes, uh, indeed. So, thank you to our guest, Brendan Biddlecombe, mm -hmm. who also does all this fantastic work. Uh, thank you to his brother, Bill, yes, doing fine, <laughs> doing fine retweeting. <laughs> Big over shout there. out to Bill yeah. over there for the re retweets. Uh, Aaron on the ones and twos. Oh, and I, I did want to mention, too, the conversations from the abyss. I want to thank you guys for uh, listening. We just passed uh, 10,000 total downloads. Oh. So, uh, and we've got one more episode that will drop in season one uh, that will feature uh, Cecil Baldwin from Welcome to Night Vale. That yes. will be December 1st. 
but uh, you can listen to the first seven episodes. They are up right now, and the latest one has Mark Agliardi and Hal Lublin from Thrilly Adventure Hour, cool. and and of course Graham Elwood because he's uh, he's easier to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to be walking by the garage. Chris, go, hey buddy, do you mind dropping yeah, a couple yeah, lines in here? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, do 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 another part. What am I, cop? What am I? Who am I, doctor? What am I in this yeah. one? Yeah. Traffic reporter, Traffic come reporter. on in. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Meter maid? Yeah. What do you need me to do, Chris? So uh, please check that out. I appreciate Candy it. Candy striper? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Construction guy? They might be coming up for season two, those, those characters. Personal trainer? What do you yeah. need? Hot topic employee? Yeah. Hot topic employee? <laughs> now I have to work that in somewhere. <laughs> you want some Batman sandals, yeah. sir? To go with your Wonder Woman uh, wallet chain? <laughs> All right, that's our show. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. Wonder Wheel.